getting too mm -hmm. much? Is it good? Can I do a little bit more? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. It's it's quite quite certainly based mostly on the feeling. Um, okay. Definitely, we have a few few things. I take my HRV uh, yep. at, in the morning. I don't have a whoop, but I have a watch, and, and sure. uh, that's why I measure my HRV. And mm. and you can you can tell a little bit, but usually you can tell better afterwards than than during the morning. Sure. So sometimes, yeah. like afterwards, you were like, oh yeah, it was <laughs> it was maybe already able. You were able to tell. Yeah. Um, but but mostly it's it's really the feeling and i and i think the feeling when you're young it's it's quite hard to build this feeling or or like be confident about your decisions regarding the feeling but um i had this bacterial infection for example in the in the spring mm -hmm. i really felt this was not a normal virus something i i felt like this is not normal for me i went to the doctors we did checks and there's like ah this is a virus don't worry it will go by then i started training one and a half weeks and of course after a long break and you were sick as well so it was maybe six weeks without without training it's going to take a while to get back to to decent training but then i felt it's not it's not going the way it is so i really had the feeling there's no way this my body is good there must still be something going on and then it turned out there was a bacterial infection indeed mm -hmm. which was still in the body mm -hmm. so so there these things like if you if you have this feeling and then it gets proven that your feeling was right it, it gives mm -hmm. you the confidence about your feeling and and you need this yeah. a few times in your career that like some some scientific or or like you have evidence or proof that your feeling was also right so mm -hmm. so you can build this feeling a little bit and i think um from from then as well i i saw once more that the feeling really you can you can yeah. feel it because the HRV was good, the the heart rate and the training was a little bit high, uh, but it was not like. But I felt that something was just not right, and and hmm. yeah, you have to build it and and trust a little yeah. bit your feeling as well, but also you can't get like too crazy about your feeling because otherwise you know you wake up you feel tired, and you're gonna get uh, yeah mm -hmm. unsure. So so you have to right. kind of like, it's not easy. Yeah. But that's, I think you, that's the hardest part about the sport, right? Right. Do you uh, miss someone like Benny Vega on your team um, with, you know, so much experience? Do you, would that be helpful? Um, um, yeah, I think um, I was in the team one and a half years with, with uh, Benny and, and some, some older guys. And uh, I'd say there has been mostly only positive about like the change we had with the, with the young, we had like a, a clear change coming mm -hmm. into last summer season. Uh, there have these older athletes, the older athletes, they left and we got new coaches. We were the, the younger athletes like coming up. There was a new dynamic. We got new staff, new coaches. We all had like a little bit of a different idea also uh, in comparison to the older guys um, on how we want to like be as a team and and back then you know women and men were quite separate or like completely mm -hmm. separate in our team now we're like one team we train together and i think there has a lot been happening and i think it would also not have been possible when when the older athletes would have stayed because when when they perform well usually the people that perform well they they get listened to a little bit better or more mm -hmm. so 
So there it would have been definitely difficult to change some things because, you know, mm-hmm. people which, which are in the sport for really, really long, they have uh, usually quite strong opinions about things. And, and, uh, and it, it's, it's been, it's, yeah, I, I'd say we probably would have had some uh, differences on, on opinions mm. um, one or, or the other time, especially regarding like, you know, training philosophy and, and coaches mm-hmm. a little bit. So I think it's, it's been quite important for this little bit of a generation switch. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, right. it, it's really been a few athletes which have left. Um, and, and I think this was also like some, some fresh air and something like a mm-hmm. chance. Everyone witnessed the chance to build the team a little bit new, get some new ideas, how we want to be as a team, how we want to work together. And, and I think from then we have, we have grown as a team, like really close and, and worked so much better than, than uh, the years before. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, I'd say totally different. You can't compare it. Hmm. So I think you actually took the words right out of my mouth saying sort of a generation change, um, you know, and that's sort of how it felt. It was like a, just a, a whole, a whole just shift. You know, you look at your roster and it's by and large guys in their mid twenties or younger, um, yeah. the, the women as well. Um, was there something different maybe that the new coaches did? Because it seems like it worked really well. Cause obviously you had an excellent season, uh, Sebastian Stalder had a great season, right? The women had a great season. Um, you know, uh, uh, Lena Hackey-Gross and, and um, the the Gasparin sisters and, and Amy Becerra. Like everybody seems to have had a really nice either at or near career best or like you just busting through walls. Um, was there something new that the new coaching staff did or was it just like this whole big energy in the team? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's 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 both like uh the energy came. I think a lot of people also yeah, okay. I'll start new. Like we had we had quite a big change also in in training philosophy. So, uh we usually back back in the in the days of the the older men's teams, there was usually a lot of uh German coaches with a little bit of the the old school, I'd say, philosophy when it comes to training and um, us as juniors, we grew up with a little bit of a different philosophy to the training. So we grew up with the opinion that coach and athlete have to be on one level, right? So you mm-hmm. talk to each other. It's not the coach telling the athlete what to do. Uh, it's it's the other way. It's it's this, it's nobody tells anyone. You you have you have a good talks and you figure out together what's the right thing to do a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically, I think when when we changed this and we knew clearly what what we want from a coach. And then we got this from the coach as well. So since then, I think it's just been way more healthy of a relationship with the coaches. The coach have been, has been more around, um, way more around in comparison to the to last year, for example, uh, or one and a half years ago. Um, it's been like this, you know, I've been sick. And then I, and I texted the coach, look, coach, I'm sick. Um, and he's just been like, okay, get well. And then I didn't mm-hmm. hear for three weeks, basically. And now I, I have phone call with my coach every day. So it's, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. And I think this, you have, you have the coach so close and you have so much connection and you talk about the training a lot and you do it in a higher quality and yeah, the philosophy is different. Um, I'd say, yeah, we grew up as juniors more with, with this, uh, Scandinavian training philosophy, I'd say, um, because we all had coaches, which, which looked up to Scandinavia or been there mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. to learn stuff. So um, I think we've all been quite convinced about this this uh, training philosophy. So 
um, the coach came with this philosoph philosophy as well. And, and uh, you know, as an athlete, you just want to see that the coach, he does absolutely everything to, to give you everything and do the best for you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to do your best as well. So you want to see this coach reading papers, like getting informed and like absolutely doing mm -hmm. everything he can for you and the team. And that's what we got basically. And then you, you build so such big trust into the coach because you see he's actually like hustling a lot and, and getting stuff done. So, so you build this trust to the coach. And now we had uh, the coach, which really like wanted to bring the team together. So, so we had men and women training together um you know the philosophy before was was quite definitely oh you know men have to be stronger they have to train more they have to train harder and, uh -huh. and women can't mm -hmm. because they're weaker which is absolute bullshit because it's scientifically quite proven that the body works quite similar or the same mm -hmm. so you have to basically train quite the same and i think this is what scandinavia seems to be quite ahead because the women they seem to be a little bit more confident about what they're able to train and do mm -hmm. um And, and so we build this, this philosophy a little bit more men and women together, you know, um, there's also a little bit less stress when men and women are together, you have a little bit of a healthier, I say mm. team, uh, in general. And, uh, so, so we, we grew stronger as a team, the coaches, uh, up top, they had more talks, they really like worked together and, and this whole team started building up and you feel like everyone's enjoying it. Everyone feels the training goes easier. You have more energy because just the training goes and you have trust in what you're doing. And and from there on, as you said, there's just like energy building up and, and it goes and goes. And uh, it was definitely quite important as well to see that what we're doing worked this season uh, to give us the confidence to continue uh, how we're working and what we're doing. Because I think that both the men and the women were either the, the best Nation Cup scores ever. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I think uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because you guys were fifth, and I think the women were sixth. I and mean, it was, it was. Yeah. If if it wasn't the best, it's very close. I'll have to go back and look, but yeah, it uh, clearly it paid it's off. Quite definitely the best. Yeah, yeah. overall <laughs> in the team, it's been the best season ever. Yeah, that's incredible. Um. So RJ, I I, I think I saw your eyes light up there when uh, when Nick mentioned the um, coaches and and doing research and looking at things because I know that's uh, I thought I thought maybe I saw a question forming in your in your head. Well, the question was already there. It was more a matter of when do I ask. But um, yeah, so when you were talking about, you know, collaboration, close collaboration between you and the coaching staff, um, it does data or analytics play a role at all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we we talk a lot uh, about, as I said before, the feeling, how you're feeling and you look at some facts, right? Uh, you have once in a while, you have some tests where you can look a little bit about how what's working, what not. Uh, on treadmills, for example, and and there it's of course really important. First of all, that the coach is always, uh, yeah, willing and wants to be informed about new new papers coming in and new science data. You know, like at the moment, uh, which is which is coming up quite a lot, is doing two intervals a day in the morning and the evening. Um, so so there's always you know new studies coming up, new top athletes doing certain things, and and you have to be informed and you have to do what the best are doing or be ahead. And uh, so, so it's really important. You see the coach doing this and, and then you can always talk and discuss together. And I think it's, it's such a healthy relationship because if you talk and, and you're able to discuss about certain things, 
both both sides benefit and learn something and and uh so so yeah but but i i definitely don't read uh a lot of papers uh about training and and stuff so i really trust my coach on this and and i do my part and uh, not think too much about the philosophy because i full-on trust what my coaches uh coaches are are doing yeah and and to what extent do you use the uh data from like biathlon results after the race or is that something you look at during the season for trends or um yeah i mean at the at the end of the season um it's you have this data but it's it's always there's always more to the data right it depends a little bit on your ski what there was but you can look at patterns for example where what a goal of mine is definitely to in a sprint for example uh, in other races my pacing has been quite good Uh, mm -hmm. over the laps but in a sprint it's been quite uh quite bad i started quite strong had a good uh middle uh middle lap and then usually i was i was around the medal uh when coming out the second shooting but then i dropped back you know quite mm -hmm. a lot because the last lap was always i was dying so mm -hmm. you can you can look at these these things and uh you can see patterns over the whole season of course so there we saw the last lap was usually quite quite weak in comparison to the first two laps so You, there you can see these things and then you can think about the reasons why this is what what can we do about it and uh and and definitely there's there's this these analytics which which play a role um but it's it's not always super easy because there's always reasons sometimes you have a group which you can ski with sometimes the ski right. is better or worse um but you definitely have the data it's it's on paper right about about mm -hmm. these races right so um speaking of of stats and things i think it's fair to say that you're a pretty good shooter um you hit i think a tad over 93 of your shots last year which is just sort of fairly ridiculous um were you like always a good shooter were you like a 14 year old and you were like out there practicing or where did this come from um that's a that's a funny question um I wonder about it a lot because you know we have we have some athletes also changing from cross country and some get a hang of it and some like don't really. Yeah. I think there's a certain point of just having a gift when it comes to some somewhat I don't know what it is. It's quite complicated, right? Either you have a steady yeah. hand or you kind of like figure out the timing uh when when you have to pull uh mm -hmm. because there's always heartbeats, right, which can pull mm -hmm. you out. Um I don't know what it's what it's down to, but Yeah, I've always I've always shot quite quite well in the junior cup season, mm -hmm. which has been good. I've shot also, yeah, uh, ridiculous. I, I think I shot every sprint race with zero zero. I didn't shoot a, a, a single <laughs> mistake in a sprint race, and and back then it was ridiculous. And then after that, coming into the World Cup, you know, when you're when you're young and you come into the World Cup and you know you're not quite out there yet. Uh, yeah. You try. You kind of like want to grow out of yourself, and then you don't stay loyal to your own, uh, yeah, things a little bit. Maybe you start mm -hmm. rushing. You, you want to ski faster. You think, okay, I'm going to ski faster into the shooting range because I don't want to lose any time, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, and then things start happening, and that's when I think these two seasons the shooting has not been so good. I hope next season, of course, it's it's quite a big goal to keep up the shooting as it is yeah. because uh, I think there's not much much room for improvement. Uh, it's I could be super happy if it stays like this, um, but yeah, you definitely see. Also, Sebastian is is a ridiculous shooter as well. And, oh yeah, mm -hmm. and you see, you just see also in in training and a little bit um, over the years, it's just people which which kind of yeah, they get a hang of it. I don't know what the reasons are, 
um, of, of course, everyone works hard. Um, and yeah, I know what I work. I, I don't like know what, what the others do exactly, right? I don't in training, but you never mm-hmm. know in the evening if while I'm doing the podcast, my teammates are standing there <laughs> looking at the targets all the time. <laughs> I don't know right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's basically you have to work, work a lot. And I remember in the junior times, I did really a lot, a lot of mm-hmm. dry firing, um, which which definitely helped, um, I think. Then later, the dry firing, it uses up energy as well. So if you want to train more out, ski more, you have to compensate on different things. So you can't do all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. But I think it's always worked quite well. And I hope it continues to work well with the shooting. I would say, in general, if your end total hit rate is higher than semen aiders, then you must be doing something <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, though, right? Because your average shooting time was like, what was it, like twenty five seconds? Yeah, maybe. I, I'm actually not so sure about it, but it was it's, it it's was really damn fast. Not not the fastest, but not the slowest. I think it's quite up there. Yeah, it was it was quite fast. Yeah. Um. So it's not like you were just taking your time and making sure you got the targets down. You're going in there and and <laughs> knocking them down quite quickly. Tenth fastest over the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shooting time is important. Uh, if you look at it, uh, there's always been athletes also from from a younger age where you saw, mm-hmm. and we always thought, uh, you know, Sebi and me, we're, we're always talking about it. Man, this is this is so stupid. Like, why would you shoot over 35 seconds? You can almost like do a penalty loop in that time, um, mm. and and so basically, I think the level is rising. You see the the Norwegians at the IBU Cup really pushing it. Um, mm-hmm. They're maybe pushing it a little bit too much, but we'll see. <laughs> I think I think you see younger guys, if you're young, you can shoot fast. Uh, when you maybe later want to contend for, for the total overall World Cup, then maybe you see, see the athletes taking a little bit more time. But mm-hmm. usually I figured out for myself, you know, taking more time doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hit more targets. So mm-hmm. you have to like just figure out your concept, get, get comfortable at certain speeds, mm-hmm. and then... Sometimes you can maybe, if you really need to, and you feel like I want to risk it now, get get a few seconds out more. But uh, I think it's just you have to be loyal to what you're doing and, and train train the way you want to shoot in the competition as well. So you mentioned Talking about the, fat, sorry, can sorry, you sorry fast shooting times, and 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 you mentioned earlier young people coming in bringing new things. Um, I forgot his name, but it was at least one guy on the uh, IBU Cup that has sort of a different way of taking off his rifle yeah when you see that are you like oh i need to try that too or are you more like man i'm comfortable with what i'm doing and it works for me or yeah there's mixed feelings i mean you see crazy stuff people building the the rifles in a in a way so they can yeah they got the magazines on a different way so you can pull Mm -hmm. it out like this take this hand Mm -hmm. do it in and uh i think the level is insanely high um and and there's definitely maybe half a half a second to gain or something like that because uh uh and and you look at it it's it's really interesting how how creative people can get by by that by that this one i'm quite scared because he pulls it like at the visor so Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be so comfortable myself to pull around the rifle and hold it at the visor i don't know why but i feel like there could could be some some crazy things going on later if you want to try and shoot and maybe something just moves Mm -hmm. um but yeah definitely when you're young, you think about it a lot. I think it's something important. It's something you get for free. No, you don't have to do a lot of training 
you don't have to put in a lot of hours to get fast, get the rifle down fast and get it fast on your back. It's just something you can do if you just think about it. And it's, it's basically mm-hmm. something you can do for free. And uh, it's, yeah, I mean, if you don't want to do it fast, it's, it's your own fault, kind of. And, and th- these are just free seconds and, and you get more time in comparison to, to competitors if they don't do it in a, in a good way. Well, it but only takes one race At the moment, I'd say I'm quite you... comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, when you missed a podium by half a second or, or something like that, then makes you think yeah, about yeah, it yeah, yeah. even more, I'm sure. I mean, of course, like like people start calculating, man, you know, if I if I spare two seconds, four times shooting, it's eight seconds. And that's mm-hmm. that's a lot, a lot of seconds. Mm-hmm. But also this is not this is not like the thing you should you should uh, waste your time on or or mind on the most because at the end you have to go train train the hell out of yourself right. to, to get those eight <laughs> seconds in skiing as well. And mm-hmm, and then sure. as well do it in the shooting, but uh, it's not all. It's just some some bonus seconds you can you can get mm-hmm. out. But I think if you're young and you get into it, might as well just do it properly from the beginning. You know, like not right waste any seconds. So so we've always yeah been figuring out what the fastest ways are, and I've definitely changed a few few things over my years uh, with with how I put on the rifle and take it down. And uh, I feel at the moment how it, how it's how I'm doing it is quite well. And then I take a little bit of more time to the first shot, maybe. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we did an exercise a while back, a couple of years back, where we timed ourselves compared to, uh, well, you guys, top athletes in the world. And by the time I'm laying down and settled, you guys are already <laughs> off the mat. So. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So you got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Got, got a goal. Yeah. So uh, you've mentioned. Uh, 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 Seba Samuelson or Samuelson uh, stalled there a couple times and um, seems like you guys are pretty close. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it do, just was it mine half an hour ago actually, or before the, before the, Oh yeah. Started. yeah oh, that's yeah. funny. Um, so the, uh, the race, I think it was in, in Antholtz where uh, you guys finished, I think sixth and seventh, like you were, you were back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how cool was that? And then how did you decide who was going to win? Cause I think you beat him by like a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, it was a tough fight. We didn't, we didn't want each other to or let each other win there. Uh, but we definitely, it was cool. Yeah. This was one of the coolest races this year because, you know, we always were, were like dreaming about, you know, you see the Norwegians in a mass start, they're just leading together and it's just like mm-hmm. the group, they train all year together and then the competition, they can like, go there as a team and, and dominate and that's that's insane so we always had the dream to to be able to be there together and i hope we still have and and we can achieve bigger things together as well but in that race it was cool he caught up uh, we were behind either and we knew you know in my head uh i was thinking come on man uh yeah he's he's one of the oldest guys and we're we're probably one of the youngest <laughs> so we're gonna sprint this guy down you know so yeah. we better wait we better wait to the end and then we're just gonna sprint like hell and we get him and and then Sevi, he just at the bottom at the bottom of the hill he just went for it and i was like god damn this is early you know <laughs> it's really early and then he went for it and and i went behind and and i remember our coach was quite pissed after the race 
or he was happy yeah. with the result, of course. And and we yeah. we did drop Simon uh, by a little bit, <laughs> but you know we could have worked together a little bit better. He said at the top of the hill, yeah. uh, he was in front, and then I overtook him again. <laughs> and uh-huh. then he overtook me back in the downhill, and then I overtook him again. And this mm. all cost time, you know. And then Eder in the back, he could just yeah. like watched us, and then yeah, maybe we we I don't know crash or something. Um, but but that was that was so cool i remember like it was an insane last lap from the part it was so slow to that point yeah we went really slow behind simon and and yeah and then it was a full attack like like the way you want to do it as a as a young young athlete and and so that was that was insane and then we came to the finish and i overtook him uh coming into the stadium and then sprinted him down so uh we didn't we didn't let anyone win Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the blue bib, yeah. I was quite happy at the end that I did win this fight because those oh, yeah. are the points that you miss <laughs> then, right? Yep. Um so so there it was it was a quite a tough fight and and yeah, we were we were so stoked in the finish. Like we couldn't believe it. Yeah. That was pretty awesome to see. I don't you think still rub it into his face every now and then <laughs> to remind him that you beat him by his head. <laughs> no, not really. No. Let's I, say, I don't know. I don't think it's happened all that many times in Swiss history, right? Two guys in the top ten? I know. I think yeah. Back that at that race, I was thinking maybe this is the first time. Uh, but then yeah. it, it came out that I think Serafin Wiesel and Benjamin Weger have both also been uh, been there mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but yeah, not not too often. It doesn't happen too often in, in Swiss biathlon. And uh, teamwork with the with the women. It seems like you and Amy Bezerga have a pretty good uh, uh, relay going on there. Yeah, yeah. So so Amy is one of the first girls I or actually like in general athletes I got to know in Python. Uh, she grew up like 10 minutes from my spot where I grew up oh. and uh, where she grew up was, was the place where I started uh, doing Python. So her family was pretty much one of the only families doing Python. And then my family kind of like joined and, and since then it's been us two basically from the same ski club uh, mm-hmm. driving around to training camps, driving around. Yeah. Since like the age of 12 and, so we know each other uh, for a long time. We've been shooting uh, at my garage door together, you know, and, and <laughs> like all the stuff you do when you start start doing Python. And so we did this journey together and, and we both had our ups and, and lows through this through this season uh, for this career so far. And yeah, she really is like, like a sister to me, you know, uh, uh, not like that you think we get along like super great. We get along super great, but then what I mean, she's like a sister to me. We can argue quite heavily as well <laughs> and then uh, shout at each other and then it's all good again. Like we don't, yep. it's, it's literally like you have like with siblings. Uh, so, so we know each other for so long and I think I spent with her uh, at least the same amount of time I spent with my other two sisters I have. So, <laughs> so she's basically like an extended part uh, to my family. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Now you guys have the, um, the world cup stop in switzerland this year and then i think the world championships next year so how i mean how much pressure do you feel that like we got to perform right you know we're we're in front of our home crowd or is it for you is it just sort of another stop on the on the schedule no it's it's definitely a super special stop uh, stop um we've been part of this this whole lens and project i think all of us athletes for a long time uh we all at a certain point started moving here to Lenzerheide to live here and train here. And we all witnessed how this, this whole 
stadium is coming up part by part and this this dream we all kind of built together to have a world cup at home and the world championships at home and uh then we got these events and and they're coming yeah and and this year it's it's coming fast it's it's crazy this year is already the world cup and i mean of course it's it's something super special you want to perform uh for me personally the world cup now is just like a step for me mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. one one further step to to the world champs at home you know i want to get used to the home crowd i want to race on the on the track again because it's been a while racing on this track so i want to get to know the course again and get to know how to work with the crowd when you have a home crowd because it's just something completely new we're not used Mm -hmm. to it and we have to kind of figure out how how we're going to do it and we had small things we had a home junior world championships we had a home european championships Mm -hmm. last year and then we have the world cup and then the world championships so it's kind of like a ladder you can get used to it step Mm -hmm. by step with the home crowd but uh, this year, I did definitely feel feel something special when you when you race in front of a home crowd. Uh, you know, people say home advantage. I think in Python, uh, it's it's not really a home advantage. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of pressure. Sure, if you see all these Swiss flags in the crowd and and you know where the eyes are, so um, so it's definitely something special. And I think it, it's going to need a little bit of more preparation as well for the world world championships. But uh, now mentally for me, my my long term goals or yeah, it's getting getting short term as well. The the home world champs and the mm-hmm. Olympic games. So for me, this is mm. a step to build build the athlete I want to be in two years. Yeah. Talking about racing at home, um, do you mostly enjoy all those massive cowbells, or are they a bit too loud for you? <laughs> well, it depends where they are. I think at the track it's okay, but you know, uh, Swiss tradition sometimes if you have like. Um, prize giving ceremonies inside and then they mm-hmm. come in with a with a big uh cowbells uh yeah for, for my taste it's it's probably a little bit too loud <laughs> to be honest <laughs> but when you but, when you ski yeah. somewhere else outside of switzerland and you hear them does it does it make have a positive feeling and thinking of home that kind of thing or do you not really does it really no, not i think do much i think for you? Uh, you know as a, it, it's a good thing it's it's a loud thing it it, it makes some noise and and uh, definitely, as a fan, you can't be cheering and shouting and clapping all the time. It just doesn't work. So, so this is a nice thing you can do, and everyone mm-hmm. knows probably that you're Swiss. So, yeah. So it, it kind of, you know, it's a Swiss fan, and and it definitely motivates to have people, people uh, cheering from your from your home country. Yeah. Um, one of the things that that some athletes have told us, right, when when they and perform in front of home fans the first time is that like the, the, the shooting range is just a little bit overwhelming just because all of a sudden you've got these people going crazy when you, when you shoot. Um, and I know you guys raced the, was it the single mix last year at the European championships? Yeah. So was that your first time performing in like racing in Switzerland? And what was it like having all those fans just going nuts? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember the first time was the junior world championships, which I think, was uh two two or three years ago and uh, mm-hmm. back then i remember shooting and i was like come on guys you can cheer louder during the shooting <laughs> i was thinking uh i was expecting more uh so so back then back then i was shooting i was like okay wow i i was mentally like prepared for louder yeah but it's not even that loud and uh i mean 
it's it's definitely something you know and i think it's this can be an advantage as well like in a mass start you know the other guys are gonna gonna know what you're shooting and if you do well this can put them under pressure or or get them out of the rhythm or something so so this is actually something something cool and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it i hope it's gonna be insanely loud when we swiss 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 guys shoot and uh i hope we can put some other athletes under pressure yeah absolutely Talking about home crowd, um, this this upcoming season is going to end in in uh, our home mm-hmm. crowds for for Jordan and I. Um, I couldn't find anything about races you've done in North America. How do you feel about the season ending there, and in particular Canmore? I don't know if you've ever been or. Well, I actually I, I've been on vacation uh, to go skiing, uh, heli skiing in Canada. So I, nice. I went to Salt Lake City, city to ski uh, before before Ooh. I went for a heli ski. It was actually uh, a present I got got from from my dad uh, because when he was when I was younger, I, I I wanted to join him on the trip. He went heli mm-hmm. skiing once, and he said, "Once you graduate from school and you do well, I'm going to take you." So so this was the present, and then we drove through and and passed Canmore and remember it being really nice. So okay. uh, I also heard good. Only good from from the boys from the IBU Cup last year, so I'm looking forward, and I hope I don't get eaten by any animals <laughs> when skiing out in the forest. Uh, but I think it's it's a nice place, and I hope it's not that cold as it was last year at the IBU Cup because I heard it. Yeah, was it can quite be. Yeah, uh, can be pretty cold. But um, I was supposed to ski for the first time this season on Monday, but th- it was snowing so hard that it wasn't safe to drive out there. But uh, oh, really? You already have a lot of snow now. Well, so oh. they they use uh, yeah, they call it frozen thunder. So it's basically the snow from last year that they cover with wood chips. Aha, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they uh, basically make a short loop uh, in the lit area that uh, people can ski. Ah, yeah. On during yeah, the day, the and then yeah, we had um, maybe ten centimeters of snow. Mm. Oh, okay, not bad. In the last not two bad. days, so yeah, yeah. For us, the season's starting on uh, on Saturday. Uh, in Davos, okay. they're going to put out the oh, snow, nice. or they're actually putting it out right now. And then on on Saturday, mm-hmm. we can start skiing there. So I'm wow. looking forward to to the skis as well. Have you? So how do you prepare for you know a World Cup where you haven't skied before? Is it mostly based on other people's experience that you talk about it, or? Um, I mean, like Canmore and and uh, yeah, I've not I've not been there, but it's it's basically nothing nothing special i think if it would be something bigger you know olympics or something you can simulate this uh mm-hmm. on on the treadmills for example and maybe like get a little bit of a feeling for it but it's it's yeah you'll, you'll see it when you're there right so mm-hmm. so once you arrive you have to have a good look at it analyze the track a little bit and it definitely helps if you race somewhere a few times uh, there's always mm-hmm. tracks where you know some hills when you look at them you think oh Maybe you have to be careful there, but then you realize after the race or towards the end of the week when you race the hill a few times, how you, how you have to approach it or how you have to mm-hmm. approach certain parts of the course. So I think there, there a little bit of experience helps, um, but also sometimes it can be beneficial if you don't have any experience. Uh, for example, Lenser Heide here, the track is insane. It's it's uh, yeah, it's people are gonna die. So. So there, I think there's going to be big, big gaps between the best and and uh, yeah. the the skiers, which have the the further back course times, 
And, you know, here I have a lot of respect for the track, for example, and maybe here it could be beneficial if you, if you don't have enough or mm-hmm. that much respect because, mm-hmm. you know, I know the hills. I have died on every hill a few times. And, <laughs> and so I, I'm kind of, there's a few things which maybe I have too much or I know it too well, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, you can yeah, also yeah. be too careful if you know something too well. But I think right. racing a few times can be, can be beneficial from that point. And you said it's a bit different if it's world championships, but being the last races of the season, you could be in a fight for the globe. Um, would that change anything? Or do you know if your wax team is going out to work with, I think the snow is still quite a bit different than what you have in Europe? Uh, yeah, I think I think they have a little bit of their experience this year. It's definitely anyway going to be a little bit different from the approach with the wax team. Uh us as athletes, we're not involved a lot because we have mm. our stuff to focus on. So I can't mm-hmm. give you so much information on, on that whole uh, stuff. But I mean, every race, if, if, you, if it gets close to that point, then you definitely were close already a few few races before. So every stage is important. And the right. last stage is just as important as the stages before if you're fighting mm-hmm. for something which is going to be close. So, so there, every stage has the same, same preparation. I'd say you get mm-hmm. there and, and you do your best uh, to get the maximum out of it. And the wax guys are going to do their best. And uh, right. I mean, the, 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 the calendar is so, so packed that there's not much room for anyone to fly over there earlier to go check it, the, the snow or get some, get some data. Um, and if it would be world champs, then we would have definitely been there a few times earlier. And, and also right. the wax, wax teams would have maybe went there a few, a few extra times to figure it out because the world champs, do have a little bit higher priority than the other races, of course. But for a normal World Cup, I think you have to grow into it over the years and get your experience like that. Right. Um, And then after the season, while you're in North America anyway, if I would give you and somebody of your choosing a ticket to travel for 10 more days after the World Cup, who would you take? Where would you go and why? Um... Well, I would take my girlfriend probably. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> because, you know, vacation. Uh, yeah, she's she's a whole. Yeah, she's right here, so I have to say it. No, no, um, it's it's. I know I take her because you know at the end of vacation, it's just uh, you spend so much time uh, yeah. with with the team and the whole circus and all the other athletes. You just uh, you need some time off as well, and and uh, this is yeah, the spring vacation is the best. But you know, it's it's uh, where I go. I go down to Mexico directly, uh, mm. down there, somewhere warm. Mm-hmm. But also, the skiing was nice as well, actually. So, so when when being there, some alpine skiing would be would be quite quite nice as well. Um, yeah, but usually we still have some national races and stuff. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's we're we're all we're all thinking about it. Would be nice to stay directly there when you're mm-hmm. already traveled so far. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, also when it comes to the footprint you leave behind, it's just more, it makes more sense than flying. <laughs> flying back and forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it would be nice to stay there, but, uh, I think the reality is going to be, we have to go back to Switzerland to, to race the, mm-hmm. the last national races there and end the season this way, which is also something nice to race with the younger athletes once more and like get right. the whole Swiss biathlon together because it's not that much athletes which do biathlon in Switzerland. Right. Is that in Lanzerheide again or the, the national? 
Uh, no, the the national races are are have been most oftenly in Realp, Andermatt. I don't know if mm. you heard of it before, but mm. uh, yeah, Lenzerheide usually is is here for a little bit the bigger races, and then mm-hmm. then you know you have to find the people which help organize and everything, and and right. basically when you use them all up for for the national international races, it's it's quite tough to get people together to organize. Uh, a national race um so sadly it's it's not here that often even though us athletes would appreciate it because you have it's the only like proper proper um mm-hmm. arena we have at the moment um so yeah so we've taken up a lot of your time um and i cannot tell you how much we appreciate it this has been has been awesome yeah. um uh, I actually just have a couple more questions for you that they're two unrelated questions. So season's coming up. Um, who is the next young Swiss athlete that we should, we should keep an eye on man or woman or both. Well, that's a good question. Uh, I wish I had an answer actually. I and it can still be answer. you because you're still what? Like 23. Aha. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, yeah. well then I'd say, you know, Sebi, me, uh, Amy, I hope Amy does does a step. She's always having problems with injuries and stuff, so mm-hmm. it's it's not always easy for her. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope we all I hope we all do another step, and then there's going to be a few guys, uh, or you can you can watch out for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and then it, also we have we have some some guys from the IBU Cup, and and I hope it works out for them a little bit more this season because mm-hmm. I mean we have six six spots to compete in the world cup and yeah at the moment uh, if you look at the results from last year we don't have the six athletes to fill these spots mm-hmm. uh, really so i hope everyone everyone does a step and then we can yeah. come come in strong as a team once more yeah open opportunities for someone to to take advantage of it yeah definitely so another thing i noticed when looking at your instagram pages was that frequently when you're on vacation you'll make mention of different snacks so what is your go-to snack when you're when you're on vacation, you're not worrying about training. What is it? Uh, this is a good one. Well, if you see the posts, it's it's usually a Roland snack. Mm-hmm. And if you if you look at my hat, this is definitely yeah the, the snack I prefer. Uh, <laughs> so no, no, definitely, definitely. If if you want salt sticks, if you love salt sticks, I love salt yep. sticks. It's actually it actually is the best snack. So mm-hmm. this is not even paid or something. Uh, but I'd say I'd say uh, during vacation I. I'm a big uh, gummy bären. I don't know what it is in English. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a big guy on that, uh, but it's it's more daily. I'd say on vacation, it's it's probably more. I don't know. Get me to to a beach bar. Give me some nachos yeah. with guacamole, mm-hmm. and and then yeah. There you so go. Gummy Haribo, gummy bären, right? Gummy bären, Haribo. Yes. Yeah, Haribo, because they have some Haribos. knockoff gummy bear in here and and they're not very good <laughs> yeah i think yeah. also the hottie bowls taste different over over there right yeah. than they do here yeah do they oh really? yeah i'm sure yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah. they get produced at different factories right and oh. then they they taste a little bit differently if you get the gold bear from here or from from yours they, so they i'm getting the the cheap stuff over here i need to go and go get the real stuff <laughs> or maybe the other way around i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i can bring a pack and then we can compare Yes, please I, do. I I cannot hear the the name Haribo without thinking Haribo macht Kinder froh und erwachsen so. Yeah, yeah, it works. Is, was that in Switzerland works. as well? <laughs> what? So for the for the uninitiated, what is this? 
Oh, it's basically their their slogan that they've had this as far as I know forever. It's okay. uh, Haribo makes children happy and adults too. Well, I'll tell you what, it definitely makes my three year old happy. So, <laughs> yeah, you you bring over a pack and you'll be his uh, his favorite biathlete ever. All right, all right. Sounds I have one easy. more question for you, Nick, before we let you go. Um, I think your team, the national team, got a new supplier of suits in Oslo. Um, if they ask you to design it with all your uh, design background or interests, um, I have a feeling that I know what it's going to be to match your rifle. But uh, what, were, what was your what would your ID be for uh, for a Swiss? No, actually, I think. In- uh, have you seen the the suit we have this season, the new one, or or not yet? I think I haven't seen no, it. I don't, uh, no, I think red. Like last year, we came in in red, and I think from the front, our our suit looked great. From the back. Uh, Maybe not so much, if you ask uh, my personal opinion. Uh, but I think red is red is red and white. Like for us, is a good color. Red and white mm-hmm. doesn't go well usually. Uh, it's not the nicest combo, I'd say. But uh, but you can definitely get it get it well. And I think the the new suit. It's like uh, it's from Sunrise, one of our main sponsors. It's you know the sun rising, uh, and you get these mm-hmm. little bit the colorway from a sunrise. Uh, on our suit, nice. so I think the suit we have this year is is actually since a long long time uh, one of the nicest. And uh, nice, yeah. I'm looking forward for you guys uh, to see it. Yeah, I was just <laughs> googling real quick to see if I could find a shot of it, but I I don't yeah, I don't yeah, know that yeah. it's been made public. Yeah, it, it's like yeah, a few colors could be. It looks maybe a little bit washed out. Like it looks like it's skin color at the shoulders. I think mm-hmm. it would be nicer <laughs> to start with the red and and then let it go down. Yeah. But uh, yeah, at the end. It's it's insane, you know. Like new suits always look a little bit weird sometimes, and then yeah. you've seen it a few times. It grows on you, and it's fine. Like the, yep. the one from last yeah. year, uh, we were all getting the suit, and we were like, "What the hell? I'm not gonna put that on." <laughs> and then we put it on, and 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 now I have to say, if I look at pictures and stuff, it it I think it looks quite quite decent, or was was fine, and <laughs> definitely something you noticed. So the most important is thing is to see those are the Swiss, right? So it has to yeah. stand out. So thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, you know, anybody who's listened this far, right? So um, what you don't know is that we actually first talked to Nick back last spring about doing an interview. And then a couple of things happened. Schedule got weird. My daughter was born. We ended up just like not being able to connect. So thank you so much for your patience, for uh, for sticking with us, for agreeing to do it. Um, I, I had a great time. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I know I would, I would, I could chat with you for a couple more hours, but it's getting late your time, so we should actually let you go. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Well, guys. The, his teammates are already an hour and a half ahead of him now in shooting. This is true. Practice. Yeah, they've been practicing oh, for yeah. a while. I have to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. it's be a short but night. thank you so much, and, yeah. and uh, l- good luck on the on the upcoming season. Thank you very much, guys.